Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Mel. I'm Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Jed. Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. The three of us have been watching you for a while, and um, anyone out there who's watching as well knows that Jen is incredibly vulnerable and open um, with your content, which we really appreciate. Uh, On the podcast, all three of us have talked about this concept of doing the work, you know, really digging deep and getting to know yourself. And when we talked about having you on, we discussed, you know, having a format that was going to be a really personal conversation almost like a therapy session, but not as, you know, not as like intimidating. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on um, and and joining us. We're so excited to have you here. Oh, thanks, guys. Honestly, I'm so stoked to be here. This kind of looks like my therapist office, which is kind of hilarious. They've got like a a gray carpet and like... We got a couches, couches, yes. I know. So thanks for having me. This is incredible. I love your guys' podcast. It's like very rare to see so much visibility. Mm. So it's nice to see people that look like me kill it. Same here. Likewise. Likewise, girl. Yeah. Speaking of uh, therapy couches, I think we'll just dive right into the topic. (laughs) (laughs) Got transitions. Band-aids. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go deep. Um, So Jen, like when did you start, you know, doing the work and was like, was there a defining moment that led you to start? Yeah. I mean, Mm. I guess we'll have to go way back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think just growing up, I have always had just extreme moods. Mm. I felt like there was no middle. It was either I was extremely happy, almost like a euphoric state, Mm -hmm. and then there was my negative state that felt completely hopeless, Mm -hmm. like existential, angry. So it always felt like the pendulum was swinging back and forth. And um, I can like recognize this now, Mm -hmm. now that I'm older and I can see it from hindsight. But yeah, growing up, it was crazy because I felt like it was always a part of my identity. And I think in a way, I really liked it too, Mm -hmm. because like when I'm freaking pumped, like I can do anything. Like this is what makes me able to like focus. If I'm inspired, I can literally just be in my hole for like six hours at a time, not eat and just 
get in it. Mm -hmm. If I'm out and I'm feeling in a good mood, I can talk to anyone. I can go, hey, like, love your shoes. Let's hang out. Let's drink. And so I always thought that in order for me to have that high, mm -hmm. that the lows just came with it. Mm. And so I think in a way, like, it was it was me just being attached to this this way of living. I, had a th I thought I had to be this way forever because yeah. I just thought it was a part of my identity. Mm -hmm. I think my defining moment, I guess, or my turning point mm -hmm. was when I turned 27. 2017 was just like a really tough year for me. Mm. It was on paper, it looked like I was freaking killing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I like my numbers were up, social media numbers were just ticking up. I launched my clothing line. Yeah. I was engaged. I had a great community of like friends and family. I was like also like the skinniest weight I ever was, mm -hmm. but still I was so incredibly miserable with myself. I, I, I couldn't stand to be around myself. I think I was almost using like these metrics of success as like a distraction, thinking mm -hmm. like, okay, if I hit all these landmarks and I hit all these goals, then it's going to fill this like void mm -hmm. inside of me. And if anything, like the more success I found, just the more horrible I felt because I was like, why, why isn't this working? Mm. I always knew that I had to go to therapy, but when people are telling you like, you should go to therapy, it's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'll go when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I like truly thought that I didn't have time to get mm. ready, but yeah. it's because I was like, I looked at my, I look at my iCal in like 2017. It was literally like every freaking day I was doing something. It was mm -hmm. like, I was on a mission to be the most productive, most efficient person. Cause mm -hmm. I felt like without, me feeling busy all the time and without me striking off these goals mm -hmm. that I didn't have any worth. Mm -hmm. It was very strange. So that was 2017. When I turned 27, I kind of had this like intervention with the closest people in my life. It was a time of like extreme self-destruction because since like my pendulum was swinging in the way of, oh, like I want to work hard and I want to kill it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When it swung the other way, it was like, let me just party hard. Let me yeah. mm. completely escape. I don't want, oh my gosh, I'm like getting emotional, yeah. but I like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be me. So mm. like, let me just get lost in this. And so. Can, can I ask you, yeah. what is, uh, what were those moments like when you were swinging to that pendulum of like coping through partying? Like what was going through your head? Why were you so angry at yourself? Why were you so upset at yourself? I don't know. I think um, if I'm going to be honest, I think I didn't realize the repercussions that partying had on me. I mean, I've always loved to party. Mm -hmm. let's, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> Same here. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah. it was my favorite way to blow off steam. Mm -hmm. And because I was working so hard, I was like, no, I deserve this. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. let's freaking go out, get dolled up. It's so fun. Like, mm -hmm. you make a presentation out of yourself. Mm -hmm. You like, it's exciting. It's new. You're like buzzed and drinking. You know, it's incredible. But the hangovers that mm -hmm. happen after. And as I was getting older, I was still partying as if I was like 22. Mm -hmm. But my brain chemistry was just like, dude, you're you're really rocking us right now. Like yeah, yeah. we're like running on reserves. And because I didn't recognize that pattern, I would just cope by partying again. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was this vicious cycle that I couldn't get out of. And I truly thought that without alcohol, I wouldn't be able to have fun. I didn't know how to let loose. I was like, why would I celebrate just taking a bath? Like, yeah. what the heck is that? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. no, freaking boring, yeah. you know? <laughs> but I mean, I guess I'll get into like slowing down after, yeah. but this was me in 27, just oblivious thinking that like, this is the way I should live my life, yeah. you know? So I turned 27 and I was like, okay, like I should probably find a therapist. Also, me and Ben were engaged and I knew that if I just kept this up, 
this self-destructive behavior, it will even turn him away. Mm -hmm. He didn't say that, but I think I was in a mission to just completely isolate myself in any Mm -hmm. way. I was just making stupid personal decisions. And I think I felt worse because the image I was projecting online Mm -hmm. was like, I'm going on trips and look at all these new clothes I'm wearing. It it, it just, it felt so disjointed. Mm. And the more perfect my life looked, the worse I felt. Cause I'm like, why can't I just be that happy, mm-hmm. higher self mm-hmm. that I, that I portray? Yeah. So it just felt like, oh my God, I was gonna say like, I felt like Hannah Montana, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I'm performing and then yeah, inside yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that was 2017. So mm-hmm. that was when, okay, I should probably find a therapist. Mm-hmm. And so that whole search started, which was, you know, it's not easy. I feel like therapy is definitely like dating. You have to find the right person. You got to jive with them. Mm -hmm. They've just got to understand you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I must say each therapist I went through, I learned a lot about myself Mm -hmm. through each session. And, and yeah, so that was like three years of, of talk therapy. And I would say like therapy is the best investment that I made. Mm -hmm. It definitely took a lot of patience and time, but it gave me the building blocks to become who I am today. And as much as like I, I love to lean on my friends and my family, mm-hmm. I think the beauty of therapy is that they're like a, a personal human journal because mm-hmm. they remember what you say. It doesn't go anywhere. And sometimes like you just want to say some crazy shit just to see what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And as much as like your friends can be there for you, they're absorbing that. Like mm-hmm. it's going to change their opinion about whether they say like, I'm not judging at all. Right, like right. It, it's going to have an effect on them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And some things are just meant to be air sealed in like nuclear bio waste you know mm-hmm. there's like so many sessions where i've just said the gnarliest things things i don't mean but i just had to get it out and i was like oh that was weird mm. it's almost like it's not like i get possessed but that's what it feels like sometimes yeah. when you're just going through so much but yeah i would say like my therapy definitely i think like the first year of my therapy was when i was the most consistent i was like going every week and then it became like every couple of months and then every month and mm-hmm. then now i probably talk to my therapist maybe like two times a year like I think I had one session this year and then a couple times in 2020 mm-hmm. so that's great so yeah, yeah I feel like it's not a thing where like you have to be in All therapy the for the rest yeah. of your yeah. life because I feel like that feels like a commitment to a lot mm-hmm. of people being mm-hmm. like I've got bills to pay I've got a freaking life yeah, but right. now I have to add this new expense into mm-hmm. just my schedule like yeah. it's a lot but it's also like if you ever have anything come up in the future, you have someone who already knows your backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to re-explain yeah. everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's so nice. I think, too, what you were saying earlier, though, like about how when you're a high-functioning human being, sometimes it feels like you can't put time aside to mm-hmm. go to therapy. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people out there feel mm-hmm, this way. It's mm-hmm. like they're mad. And, and I lived like a very similar lifestyle where I was working corporate and I was working like 60 hours a week and then parting my ass off on Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays, mm-hmm. you know, just like parting my ass off with these ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was there. <laughs> so like, yeah, like we, we all, I think, went through that sort of like pendulum of just like get through work and then party to mm-hmm. kind of like pick ourselves back up but it was a very it's very destructive behavior yeah. that you know I went to therapy myself as well and when you talked about uh going because of Ben like I thought too about like when Philip proposed to me I was engaged I was like okay if I'm gonna be married to someone like I need to close up my wounds because if I'm gonna continue bleeding 
he's going to be the one that's going to have to wipe it up for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to close up my wounds so that he can just like get the best version of me. So that's also mm-hmm. why I went to therapy. And I'm just like, totally relate to the story that you yeah. shared. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. But you're right. It's like the analogy of like bleeding. Like when mm-hmm. you're, when you're broken, it's, you're spilling everywhere. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I'm like trying to clean it up and he's like, let me help you. I'm like, you shouldn't be helping me, but thank you. you know? okay. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say like, um, based on what you guys are saying, like Jen, like in 2017 and Helen with work, like we put so much value on our self-worth is so dependent on our work. Like if we're mm-hmm. succeeding at work, we feel like, oh, we should feel like fulfilled, but we're not because we put so much value in what people see of us or the work we, we do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you guys also felt like a negative mentality to have is like to put so much value on work that that could be detrimental to your mm-hmm. mental health, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you're not happy with yourself yeah. and you don't find yourself worthy, there's nothing that you can place on top of that foundation that's mm-hmm. going to make you feel good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where we put it, put it in text. You know, like, <laughs> highlight that. Yes. Yeah, Oprah's like, what, quotable, the tweetable moment? Tweetable yes. moment. Yes. <laughs> well, something that I think I struggled with mm-hmm. before therapy was this notion, I guess, of like self-image too. Like you wake up, you go to the bathroom, you see yourself in the mirror. When you walk by like a particularly reflective building, you see your reflection yeah. in the mirror. And I think those moments where you're seeing yourself, it's kind of like a like a tunnel into your internal dialogue of like what you think about yourself when you see yourself in front of a mirror. Mm-hmm. What do you see when you look into a mirror? <laughs> oh my God, that's so deep. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> um, I would say on my good days, if I'm just like waking up, looking mm-hmm. myself in the morning in the mirror, um, I would say like I just see like a like a capable human being. Yeah, came a long way. Yeah, just trying her best. You know, mm-hmm. that's like on a good day. Uh, on a bad day, I see. It's like weird. I always get transported back to middle school because mm-hmm. I feel like that was when it's very very vivid for me. Middle school, and I think mm-hmm. that's when I was like that was like the peak of my insecurity. Mm-hmm. I looked back at a lot of my most like intense moments and it was always from like sixth grade to eighth grade so mm. on my bad days I see my sixth grade self mm. feeling like an outsider mm. just kind of like what are you doing here like you don't even go here type mm. of vibe that's when I know like okay today's uh, gonna be a day of uh, self self reassurance mm. affirmations mm-hmm. affirmations when you look at yourself in the mirror and you see your younger self do you ever feel like you want to say sorry to that person Aww. No, actually. But I feel like I want to go in with that perspective one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... That's crazy because it's like... I don't feel like there's, a, there's anything to apologize for because mm. had I known what I know now, it would have been a completely different story. I have mm. a lot of fantasies of like reliving my middle school though. Mm. Like going back and like sticking up for myself. Yeah. And, uh. But I can't do that, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't feel like apologetic yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. I think I think that way a lot about my... Like whenever I think about my younger self, just like knowing what she's been through, knowing what I know now, I could have been there to like help you. Mm. You know, because you're the same person as me. Like why couldn't I help you back then, mm. you know? Yeah. All of the bad times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like if anything, it's more of I wish I could be there to tell her that it gets better. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah, it yeah, may yeah. feel like this is your entire existence, mm-hmm. but like, dude, it's it's like like life is gonna unfold in ways that you can't even imagine. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're going to grow. You're going to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good perspective. That is a wonderful perspective. And it's good to think that maybe whenever we experience like chaos right now, mm -hmm. our older selves are probably, they would say the same thing. To yeah. Us, right. right? So the, true. Yeah. So speaking of therapy and, you know, going in, so when you're like in the sessions and you're doing the actual work, some of the things that people will talk about are like patterns of negative thinking. Mm. Um, and the three of us have shared on the podcast that we've all struggled with negative thinking, you know, things like black and white thinking. Maybe a small thing goes wrong. We're like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like comparing yourself like, oh, my God, that woman is so beautiful. She has everything together. I could never be like that. Um, or another one is like self-blame, which I think for a lot of Asian women is a very common thing that we just want to kind of we automatically think that something is our fault mm -hmm. and we take that on. Um, through your self-work, what is the one kind of like negative thought pattern that you struggle the most to break? I mean, that's really great. I like the examples that you provided too. Mm -hmm. I was going through like the, like not the DSW, but the like, yeah. 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 <laughs> like cognitive distortion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say like the, the hardest pattern, the hardest negative pattern for me to break was, is, because I'm still working yeah. on it, is the amount of like self-doubt and, and worry that I have it's like a it's like a tumbleweed like mm. if I'm if I'm not feeling secure in myself like just the doubts flood in and it's like it could be like something very small being like oh you didn't attach something to that email mm. oh they probably think you're completely dis disorganized mm -hmm. and you suck you should just freaking stop like I I tend to like catastrophize mm. I think that's one of the cognitive distortions yeah. I always fear the worst like and I feel really bad because Ben gets the, the worst of it. Like, even if it's something small, if someone even, like, calls me on my phone and I'm having a bad day, I'm like, I'm like, they're probably dying. Like, oh, you know? you're the worst case scenario. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm always, like, the worst case scenario type of gal. And I wish I wasn't that way because it's, like, an overreaction yeah. or, like, an exaggerated negative it's just like, it's just like a, uh, I don't know how to describe yeah. this. No, I think, um, I mean, I recognize it mm -hmm. in a lot of my friends of particularly like immigrant family backgrounds. I think it could be maybe when you're growing up, if that's the way your parents were always on edge about more mm -hmm. severe situations, mm -hmm. it's very easy to kind of just like, that's a thinking pattern that gets picked up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, now I can see that because like, I really get it from my mom. Mm -hmm. I love her, but like, she was the type of person where like, even if she, she was like afraid of driving on the freeway. Yeah, so, I remember so like, much. basically we got into a car accident mm -hmm. and my mom was just freaking out in front of us being like, I don't know what to do. Oh, this is the end of the world. Like, it was like literally just like the smallest like fender bender. Uh, mm -hmm. But as like, I don't know how old I was, but mm -hmm. as like, like a, a teenager, I was like, whoa, like this is serious. Like yeah, you get yeah. in a car accident, like your life is over. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I feel like that, that, that fear of like not being able to res resolve things. Mm -hmm. It just, it just sticks with you. Yeah. I mean, even, like this is like a very light example, but like, I was like learning this new like a uh, sprinkler system mm -hmm. for like our backyard and I was like how do you stop the sprinklers and then my friend was like it stops automatically after 30 minutes I was like but what if I don't want it to go on 30 minutes what if it just doesn't stop and he's like Jen it's just water I'm like but we're in a drought yeah. like, the water gonna go and then I was like wait I'm catastrophizing mm, it's gonna stop and then, it, yeah, yeah and then I calmed down and then we went back to the meter and we just pushed we just pushed the button off <laughs> and I was like oh my god why did this why does my brain work like this but it's crazy like when you label something mm -hmm. and you can recognize it when you're like going through it mm -hmm. it instantly like relieves the pressure you're like oh like I'm doing that mm -hmm. and yeah, then it just yes. kind of like oh okay this is fine everything yeah. I'm yeah. gonna calm down mm -hmm. we're gonna find the off button right 
Is that good? That's what, I feel like that's what therapy does. It like yeah. helps you to like label things and be like, this is what you're doing right now. You mm-hmm. are catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. So figure out how to like go to your coping mechanisms, figure out how to like get rid of this headspace because mm-hmm. this, Jenna loves this quote, this too shall pass. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it will. So yeah. And you will find a solution to it. Although mm-hmm. I feel like that is very reasonable to think about like, okay, how do we stop this? If this is going to go on for 30 minutes and <laughs> yeah. we don't need it to, I, I would think the same. It's like, It seems like so gratuitous just be like 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we live in California. Like yeah. it's it should be on for like five minutes yeah. at night. Like, <laughs> like a freaking pool. Like exactly. <laughs> yeah, but then he's from England, so he's like, oh, everything should be green. Uh, <laughs> like, so he's the green chill that, that balances you out. So chill, yeah. yeah. That sounds nice. But do you think that method of, for example, like catastrophizing everything is also a defense mechanism to be like, if I expect the worst, then whatever happens, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like yeah. I do that a lot, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then you have control yeah. of it, too, if you think about it before it happens. Yes. Yeah. that's true but like I'm realizing like because I feel like that too like Brene Brown calls it like dress rehearsing mm. tragedy mm-hmm. like if I practice if I if I if I practice this then mm. when it comes again like I'll yeah. be ready yeah but yeah. then you're just fooling yourself on having to go through that negative emotion twice mm-hmm. you're freaking out by thinking about it and then if it actually happens then you're like fuck like why did I yeah like I just should have just I just should have been chill because mm-hmm. I was gonna feel this way anyway mm-hmm. that's true Uncommon goods. Yeah. Where'd I even begin? It's definitely one of those stores you kind of just need to see for yourself. They have a bunch of unexpected, truly original goods that you can give to your close friends and family. With Father's Day around the corner, June 20th, mark your calendars. It's the perfect time to browse the site. So my dad is a pretty chill dude. He's someone that really enjoys the simple things in life, like reading hours from his kung fu novel. But one active thing he has to do every weekend is golf. My dad is an avid golfer, and I thought with summer approaching, I get him this golfer's barbecue set. It is so cute. They're barbecue tools in the shape of golf clubs. My family is also really into grilling when the temperature heats up, so maybe my dad can hit a hole in one while barbecuing it up. If you're looking for a gift this Father's Day, check out Uncommon Goods. When you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash abg. That's uncommongoods.com slash abg for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. The All of Us Research Program wants to gather health information from 1 million or more people. They want people from all walks of life to take part. That means young and old people, men and women, and people from cities and rural areas. It means sick and healthy people, and it means people of different races, ethnicities, and sexual orientations. They will collect information such as your height, weight, health conditions, and medicines. Researchers may be able to use this information to better understand and improve health for all of us. Asian Americans have unique health concerns. For example, we are more likely than white Americans to have diabetes. A number of people in my family have type 2 diabetes, so this is of particular interest to me. If we share our health information, it may help researchers address the health problems in our community. Research studies in the U.S. have rarely considered Asian American people, and it's well past time for that to change. Many of us share similar diets, environments, and lifestyles, and many of us have similar genes. All of us researchers can use this information to find patterns in our health. This may show why people in our community may be more likely to get a disease. Our heritage is rich and our communities are strong. We need researchers to hear our stories. The more people who join, the more information researchers will have and the more they will learn. Ask your friends and family to join and make a difference at joinallofus.org. 
Here at ABG, it definitely feels like we wear multiple hats. One day we have our podcast host hat and we're recording episodes. The other day we have our strategy hat on and are creating pitch decks to send to brands. First impressions are everything. And if you're looking to make an impact with your content, you need issue. It's the easiest way to make your creative ideas come to life and share everywhere you want to be seen. As someone who doesn't have any formal design background, issue is super helpful and works seamlessly with tools we already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. No lie, after I finish a pitch deck, I scroll through it just admiring the work, like, dang, did I just make that? Thanks, Issue, for giving me these little wins. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, anyone who wants to make content that stands out. Get started with Issue today for free, or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code ABG. That's I-S-S-U-U dot com slash podcast and use promo code ABG at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast for promo code ABG. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So Jen, you mentioned your mom earlier. Um, Let's take it back to your childhood. Do you mind kind of sharing with our listeners, like, what is your family dynamic like? And if you had to compare your mom and dad, like, who are you most similar to? Ooh, these are good questions, (laughs) y'all. I would say, like, my family dynamic. So we grew up in, like, a working class family, like, middle to lower. And uh, as a result, my parents were always working Mm -hmm. um, since since the dawn of time <laughs> but, since, but like ever since I was little like we always walked home like, our parents mm. never picked us up from school mm. and um, it's literally from like elementary school all the way until I got my first car at like 15 I think no yeah so I was always responsible for getting myself home mm. and uh I feel like there was a lot of pros and cons living in a free-range home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't sound that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I know I heard that on chickens. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, like basically, like my parents didn't come home until like six o'clock, oh, or okay. actually, my mom didn't come home until six o'clock. Uh, but so, like, I would me and me and my brother would go home, and uh, we would just do whatever we wanted. And mm. luckily, we were like pretty good kids from like elementary and middle school. We like stayed in our rooms. We just like I would just watch like a ton of TV. I think James was playing like video games. 
games. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then when the internet came out, we were just on the computer. We would take turns going on the computer, and I would like you know fix up my MySpace page, yep. you know. <laughs> and then and then when my parents got home, that's when we would have like our dinner. Mm -hmm. Like that's the one thing I love about my family. Even though they weren't there to you know pick me up from school and go to like the parent teacher meetings, mm -hmm. like they always came home for dinner, mm -hmm. and my mom would set it up. I thank her so much for that because that was pure stability that mm. we needed. I think it had a lot of pros mm. because it gave me the agency and the independence to do kind of whatever I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. When I was in high school, I turned into like a little shit, honestly. <laughs> I was like, I was like taking my car to little Tokyo with all oh, my friends. Wow. We would like take photos. We, we couldn't go in anywhere, That's but good. we would just like take photos on a wall and then put it up on MySpace. It was when I started to document my life. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they gave me a lot of agency that in that sense. And I didn't have to experience what it's like to have like a helicopter parent mm. like you know just someone breathing over my back being like oh, is this done you know yeah, yeah. um so that was a pro but i think a con is that i think it also gave me a lot of abandonment issues mm. because i never i don't know it's like it sucked being home alone mm -hmm. all the time especially when my brother went off to college mm. just being home i don't know but there's also pros in that too because like being alone taught me how to entertain myself yeah, yeah. so that was like the family dynamic, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would say if I had to compare who I'm most like, I would say I'm dead even on both. Mm -hmm. I see mm -hmm. both characteristics from my mom and my dad. We'll start off with the cons because then we can like lift it <laughs> yeah, up. Compliment sandwich. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so the cons would be, we'll start with my mom. I definitely get a lot of my worry mm -hmm. and, her, and my fear from her. Mm. I feel like we've touched on this, but yeah, afraid of everything, afraid of change, afraid of driving, just anything. So that was really drilled into me. Mm -hmm. And then for my dad, I definitely got my temper from him. Mm. We used to have like screaming matches growing oh, wow. up. Yeah, mm -hmm. we did not get along. So I feel like I learned a lot of my like, not violence, that sounds so intense, but we, we would fight a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, growing up, like my my childhood door had all these punch marks in it because when me and my dad would fight, I would just slam the door mm -hmm. and it would just it just got carried away. But that's where I learned my anger, I guess. Mm -hmm. But the, but the pros, yeah. <laughs> but the pros for my mom is uh, like I get my my diligence and my consistency from her. Mm -hmm. She's an extremely hard worker. Like mm -hmm. when she. When she has her system down, she's so fast and punctual and, you know, she'll just get it done and, and there will be no mistakes. She's very, very meticulous. So mm -hmm. I get that from her. And then for my dad, I definitely get um, his, like, creativity. Mm. I don't know. He's also, he's also very, like, social, too. Yeah. He's always been the life of the party. Mm -hmm. he's, he had so – he was he used to party back a lot when we were kids, too. Like, oh, he, was, he was not really home because now my mom told me, like, yeah, your dad was partying. And I was like <laughs> – What? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, my dad's no angel. So <laughs> He seems like such an angel. Yeah. Yeah. I know, so right? I feel, well, I mean, that's like what, I mean, but that's like the growth that he's done. Yeah. So I'm really, really proud of him mm. as well. We, we've both come a long way. But it's so crazy. I'm like, damn, like, we're really cut from the same cloth, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I get, like, my social ability from him and also his creativity. Mm. He always, like, had, you know, instruments in his hand. He also was the person who brought in a video camera into the household, mm. got so much, like, old VCR footage yeah. of us. And that was actually my first take on you know, or foray on video mm, documenting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, foray I, into, yeah. yeah, I like foray, foray into. <laughs> um, I'm not one to correct. So. Really? No, 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 I, 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 suck, I, I suck with like prepositions. So I'm like, oh yeah. No, I like with the janitor. I was like, is that correct? <laughs> 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 
But yeah, like that's where I started to get my love of like video, mm. videoing, yeah. <laughs> filming. <laughs> that's where, where videoing. Uh, that's where I learned to like love to film mm -hmm. because yeah. I would just take my dad's camcorder, bring it to high school, and be like, "Okay, everyone, I'm gonna do like an end of the year video," oh, and then cute. I'd slap it on like Windows Movie Maker, and then we'd watch it yeah. and be like, "That was that." Like yeah. it would it would live nowhere <laughs> because we couldn't <laughs> upload it anywhere. Wait, in you high know? school, were you part of like the media team? No, I wasn't. I was like in high school, I was a part of nothing. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, I almost like because I, because I felt like I wasn't good at anything. I was like, let me just purposely ostracize myself. Oh. I don't want to try out for anything. Even though I really did want to be like a, a cheerleader in middle school, mm. I wanted to be like the flag girl oh, yeah, in high yeah. school. Yeah. But I was like, no, there's no point. So let's just go the the antisocial route mm. and get into like the, I don't know, like. Like it, not music scene, but kind of the alternative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a lot like my parents too. My dad is definitely the one who's like Hennessy. Who wants some Hennessy? <laughs> you know, like and, and he he's also very like stubborn and very mm -hmm. reserved. Mm -hmm. And I definitely got like my stubbornness and my like temper from him too. But he's also the very social one. He's always just like making sure everyone's like you know having a, f a fun time and all of that. And I think I got that from him too. And yeah, very like I was like oh it sounds like my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a second generation Korean American and growing up in a very Americanized school system, did you ever face a, a lunchbox type moment? And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, mm -hmm. it's when you have a lunchbox bag, whatever it is in front of you, and it it can smell or look a little bit different from all of the other kids who have their lunches in the room. And so you're kind of like standing out and feeling uncomfortable. Mm. That's like the literal sense. I guess figuratively, you can also see it as like a, a moment in time where you felt ashamed or embarrassed by your culture. Have you ever had a moment like that before? Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. I feel like, in a way, I'm like, not jealous, but... It would have been really nice to have some visibility back in the 90s and early 2000s. In the 90s, who did we have? We had Yellow Ranger, mm -hmm. Mr. Yeah. Miyagi, mm -hmm. Bruce Lee. Great, but not many options. Am I missing yeah. anyone else? Lucy, Lucy Liu. Liu. Oh, so that was like early 2000s. Yeah. We got Lucy Liu. We had Brenda Song. Mm -hmm. Suchin Pop is... Oh, yeah, yeah. MTV. Yeah. 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 But then the fact that we had to be like, uh, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we had to really, really dig into the reserves. But I did. We, we didn't have much visibility growing up, mm -hmm. so of course I felt very other, and I didn't mm -hmm. belong. I have to really tap back into like middle school again. Mm -hmm. This was when it was like you're feeling all the hormones. You're like hitting puberty. You already feel so angsty and mm -hmm. like I don't belong anywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's where I found the rock music, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, perfect. This is like a group of outsiders that don't belong. They're extremely sad like me. They're angry. Perfect. This is my new identity. Mm -hmm. I, I, I resonate with this. So in sixth grade, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to do like my own makeover. I'm going to wear black from now on. I'm going to draw eyeliner. Yeah. And then like call it a freaking day, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was a, it was a pretty radical transformation, I think, or maybe it was a radical transformation in my head. Cause I was like, oh my God, this is my new look, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, Cause I went, I had gone to school with these people since like elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. So here I am in a full black outfit and it was fine uh i i was obviously like walking home from school and uh there was a group of just like the cool rock kids you know like the, 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 they're like pop very pop punky you know yeah. like studded belt black t-shirt you know so they were they were walking behind me and i'm just like you know in my new black hoodie yeah. my new look and 
I remember them being like, "Oh wow! Like, look at this! Look at this Asian poser! Like,、mm. you think you think you like this music? Like, no, I forget what they said, but they were like, 'Oh, like, who's your favorite band?' And I was like, 'I like the used.' And he's like, 'No, you don't. Like, you don't you don't listen to this、uh, music. Like,、mm. Asian people don't like this music.'、Mm. And I felt so like, 'Oh wow! Like, not even this group of outsiders will accept me. Like,、yeah. where the heck do I belong?'、Mm. So, I think looking back, it was probably because there weren't many. I mean, you look at like the rock world. It's like literally, there's no Asian people. Yeah, yeah, you know,、yeah. it's like I mean, there was like Daphne loves Derby when I was in、uh, like high school, but that was like literally it.、Mm-hmm. So I think that that brought a lot of shame to me because something、mm-hmm. that I wanted to be a part of so bad just、mm-hmm. felt like I just felt like rejected. Yeah. So I guess that was my lunchbox moment. Yeah. yeah. Did you continue、yeah. liking rock? Oh yeah, yeah. I just got more committed to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Deep in now. I know. Crank the music louder. <laughs> <laughs> It fed into that angst、mm-hmm. and that like aggression, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just like it's just mean. Like even though it's like I, I remember them saying like,、um, go, like where's your calculator? And I remember being、oh. so ashamed because, my, like this was when we had like the TI, yeah, the big ones, yeah, the big ones, and they're expensive.、Yeah. And my mom was giving me so much grief. She was like. You better do really well in your math class because you got you the calculator, and I was like, okay, okay, you know. And then me not being good with the calculator, and then that person being、mm-hmm. like, "Where's your calculator?" It was just like shame、uh, on top of shame.、Yeah. It was just very layered. Yeah, just like playing snake on my TA. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was spelling boobless.、So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm there with you. <laughs>、oh, well, so you've shared some. It seems like your middle school and high school years were very impactful for you. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of us think about as we're now older, as adults, young adults in your twenties and thirties. A lot of your childhood really does impact who you become, right?、Um, you shared with us a couple of memories. Are there any other like standout moments from your childhood that you think really like shaped who you are today, or that still kind of stick with you today? Hmm. Honestly, I feel like the examples that I said previously, those are the only ones that come、yeah. to mind. I feel like I could dig really deep, you know, from like when I was first grade. But I don't even know if I want to unpack that memory. I feel like it's been a lot of heaviness. Yeah. In this What about、session. a positive? A positive like a one. Positive memory that I will have to think about that. Yeah. Is that weird? I feel like I would. I have to. I don't know. Well, I, I, I like. I hate when my therapist asks me like, "What is something positive about you?" I'm like, "I don't know." Oh yeah. Like, something positive about yourself. Positive yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard. hard. It's hard. It's like I have to get back to you. <laughs> like, yeah. I think because I say oftentimes you'll like, take those for granted, right?、Mm. We always just think about、mm. the things that were negative. I don't have a childhood memory. That's the thing, because、mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost like my existence started when I was in middle school.、Mm-hmm. I even have some sprinkled memories in elementary, but it's、yeah. so hard to go back deeper and deeper. So, like growing up, my only talent was attendance. I had、Ooh. never missed a single day of school from kindergarten all the way up till I was in tenth grade. Oh wow, that's six、wow. days! I know, and I, like looking back, I was like, "Wow, like that's freaking amazing that、yeah. you did that over、I'm, a decade." Yeah, yeah, I even got like a trophy. Oh, it was it was not a big trophy, but it was still a trophy. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. you know they they wanted to make a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "She's always been here." You got there yourself too. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. I feel like my mom just was like, "You're going." Yeah, not my problem. Yeah, so so I. I had perfect attendance until tenth grade, which is when something that changed my life happened.、Mm. So I got suspended from、mm. high school. It brought so much shame to my family. <laughs> I sound like Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> so much shame to my、Cut、family. I know. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> no, but it was it was it was honestly like quite devastating for my family, and I won't say why. Yeah. Uh, but basically, since I got suspended, I, I got in so much trouble that they also took away my AP classes when I was in tenth <gasps> grade. So that's what affected my college admissions because like my GPA wasn't high enough. Yeah, yeah. So when I was like when I was fifteen, I was like, well, like there's no point. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. that's when I just really dove into. Expression, yeah. and I was like, you know what, fuck it. Like, I lost all my AP classes. I don't know any. I don't know any of these people in my new class now because I had a. It was so embarrassing, like, because it was in the middle of the school year. So I had always been like an honors kid, mm-hmm. and then losing that, and then going to like the normal. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, sounds, yeah. that sounds so like elitist, but like just like a group of, of kids I just didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, um, and. It was it was great because this is where I found a lot of my friends. Like mm-hmm. we would burn CDs for each other. We'd yeah. go to shows. Mm-hmm. We would, you know, like comment on each other's MySpace boards. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's where I got to unleash my my artistic side. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where I like learned about like Radiohead, mm-hmm. and it's just I got a lot of culture from yeah, that, which yeah. was great. And then and then I was a junior, and then you know yeah. by then I was like. I can't. I can't live any other way. Yeah. But basically, that affected my college admission. So I had. So I had to go to community college, mm. and that is where I started my YouTube channel. Yeah. Ah. So it's a little so, bit of a blessing in disguise. Blessing in disguise. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And after that lesson, I knew that no matter what I did, I had to work extremely hard because mm. that, that was when I realized, like, okay, like this is the value of a dollar. Yeah. You know? Um, so Jen, uh, we're actually big on personality tests and like personal relationships here on the podcast. What is your Enneagram number and is it accurate? And if you know this, what is your core fear or um, weakness with your number? And do you think that's also accurate? Oh, man. So like when Ben and I went to couples therapy, mm-hmm. this was the first test that we had to do. Like mm-hmm. I love personality tests, like yeah. Myers-Briggs, yeah. like the big five. Yeah. But I never did the Enneagram test because mm-hmm. it's just like numbers. And I was like, what mm-hmm. is this? But uh, long story short, I am a type three, which is the achiever. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I found out my results, I had to take it again because I was like, I don't like this. I don't <laughs> like this type. And then my therapist, our therapist told us, like, that's when you know that's your type. When you oh. feel, like, this this oh. cringe thing, like, oh, like, that can't be me. Like, that's when you know it's you. Because mm. it's, it's, it's like, you know, hitting that nerve. Yeah. 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 So. Like, you're looking at all the negatives of the achiever type. Exactly. And you're saying, I don't want to be this person. But yeah. it's because it, it is me. And I think, uh, I mean, obviously, the achiever has pros. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we're very strong-willed. We're action-oriented. Mm-hmm. We you can rally, you can get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the negative sides are just like, care so much about what people think mm-hmm. about them, mm-hmm. uh, can be seen as materialistic mm-hmm. and, you know, just vapid. So I was like, hey, yeah. you know, cares a lot about like, not hierarchy, but like how how they're perceived. And social mm-hmm. status. Too. Social yeah. status, yeah. And I was like, oh, like, I don't want to be that person. I was like, why can't I just be a two, the giver? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Are you the guy? Who I'm a nine. Oh, sorry. He's, I thought yeah, you were also yeah. a giver a second, right? Yeah. Her, your second highest, I think, yeah. it was a two. So oh, yeah. Mel and I, I Actually, keep looking at Mel because we're, we're type three, type three wing two. Oh my same, god, same. amazing! Okay, so I've got my type. Yeah, three. <laughs> so because of your weakness, oh we're like, mm, we understand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Ben's a type nine, which is oh, like oh. Type nine, so it's like. Yeah. Oh, so I never find my type like, three then. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay. That's oh so my god, she has a type. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So then you guys know that like the fear or mm. like the. What's it called? The fear of type three? Uh, yeah, or the weakness or something? The, yeah. yeah, the weakness is just uh, feeling not worthy. Mm-hmm. Feel, and that's exactly how I 
That's like that describes me to a T because because I feel like if I don't have these accomplishments, like who will I be? Like、mm-hmm. where is my worth? Like yeah, why are you here? Yeah,、mm. <laughs> we feel you. Yeah, but like at the best,、mm-hmm. like we're great. Yeah, <laughs> we're achievers. We're achievers. <laughs> do you think that that may have something to also do with your upbringing? And because I think I feel like this idea of you know focusing on achievement and our、mm-hmm. value on the things that we do oftentimes is it comes from kind of this like Asian culture, right?、Mm-hmm. Or focused on trying to do well in school and all of these things. So.、Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if a lot of our listeners out there can also kind of really relate to some of these like characteristics. Yeah, yeah, I think it has to do a lot with our like immigrant upbringing.、Mm-hmm. Like, I I think like my parents were like in survival mode, so it's、yeah. like, dude, you have to achieve these things so you don't have to worry about the problems that we have now.、Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you found now that you kind of in in reflection to help kind of like. Work through that type of thinking. Like, what's been the best kind of tool that's、oh, helped you? Kind of... Oh, my, that's such a good question. <laughs> that's such a good question. Okay, so basically, my self worth、uh, is something that I have to work on every single day. So、mm-hmm. I do this thing called future self journaling, which is basically affirmations in a notebook.、Mm-hmm. I fill out these seven questions every single day. I even filled it out this morning.、Um, and so, like, the first question is your daily affirmation. So whatever I'm feeling that day, I will reassure myself. Whatever I'm feeling, I, I pretend that I'm. I pretend that I'm like talking to a friend who's struggling, and I tell her what I think she needs to hear.、Mm-hmm. So I'll just reflect that back onto me. The second question is today. I want to focus on blank. The third question is、uh, three things that I'm grateful for, and they have to be stuff that's happening pretty recently. It can't、mm-hmm. just be like I'm grateful that I'm alive, you know. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I do feel that way. <laughs>、yeah. The fourth thing is three traits I love about myself. Five is the person I'm becoming is blank.、Mm-hmm. And it's a form of just brainwashing, almost,、mm-hmm. because I feel like for decades I've convinced myself that I suck, that I don't belong here,、mm-hmm. that you should just leave, you know.、Mm-hmm. And so I almost have to rewire these these like grooves of thought into、yeah. positive、mm-hmm. ones. And honestly, it seems ridiculous, but after doing it since like July of 2020.、Mm-hmm. I feel like a completely different person.、Yeah. I really, really freaking do,、yeah. and that's why it's so easy. It takes ten minutes to do that.、Mm-hmm. So I just sandwich these like habits together. So I'll like work out, and then I'll take my shower, and then I'll meditate, and then I'll do my self journaling,、mm-hmm. and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start the day. And honestly. It really freaking helps、mm-hmm. because I feel like there's like a lot of visualization that happens. One of the questions is today I have an opportunity to be my future self when,、mm-hmm. and so this is when I like look at my schedule. I'm like, okay, so when am I going to be the most stressed? Ah,、mm. so this is when I'm filming a video. I reassure, like, so I'll say, like, I know that. No matter what, I will get this video done. Even if I blank out, I, I'll just breathe through it and smile because it's always. The video always comes out good, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and that's why. And so when I'm in that moment of just like <gasps> freaking、yeah. out and I'm filming, I remember like you, you got it, dude, you know, because、mm. I think like people just see the end result, but filming is it takes a lot out of you, yeah. you know, yeah, it's、learning. a lot to remember <laughs>、yeah. and it's it can feel super overwhelming. So、yeah. now when I film something, I'm like, we got this, we're good, yeah, we've got all the time in the world.、Mm-hmm. No,、yeah. I love those tips because like Jen, I actually watch your videos. I'm pretty sure all of us, maybe listening, do. But when you noted future self journaling, I was like, oh, this is something I should probably pick up because I have really bad negative self talk too.、Mm. But I see the difference with just two months of future self journaling. It changes your mentality completely. You're like,、mm-hmm. oh shit! Like you don't see the progress day to day, but you look back after like two months. You're like, oh shit! I definitely see a transformation.、Mm. Oh my god, you do it? Yeah, I do、you、it. Oh my god, that makes me、yeah. so happy. <laughs> oh, and I do meditation too. I think yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it really helps. 
Meditation is also one of those things where I feel like you don't see it immediately, but over time you'll see the benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's good for our listeners to know that there isn't like an overnight solution. A lot of this is like just mm-hmm. small things that you do frequently. Mm-hmm. My thing was always like affirmations and putting affirmations on your bathroom mm-hmm. mirror so yeah. that you can always, you would just write things like, I am, I am beautiful. And yeah, like right. sometimes you don't believe it, but you just write it. And when mm-hmm. you do, and you put it up there and then you see it again, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'll start believing you. Like yeah. I'm worthy. <laughs> yeah. believe in that yeah. one too, you know? Exactly. Yeah, but I feel like what you were saying with future self-journaling is very much like the solution to the thing that you were talking about earlier where it's like when you project and you catastrophize, mm. it's mm-hmm. like at least now you're looking at the positive of the things that you're going to be doing and then you can fill your mind with like that thought instead of the catastrophizing mm. when you're in that situation of like filming or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and then when you're having a bad day, you just read back all you wrote and I'm like, damn, okay, my life is pretty good. And it feels yeah. like abundant all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, let's yeah. tackle this day. Yeah. When you look at your friend group, do you feel like you feel more connected to people who are more similar to you or more different from you? Oh, that's hard. I feel like this question is also like strange because like now we don't really see as many people, you mm-hmm. know, but I feel like in general, it's pretty easy for me to find a way to connect with anybody because mm-hmm. I feel like naturally I'm a pretty curious person. I think one thing that I find really magnetizing from people is when they're just passionate about something mm. and it could be anything. They could be like passionate about clocks, but then, but then, but if they're like into it and, yeah. and want to explain it to me, I'm like, okay, like yeah. tell me more about it. You know, <laughs> like I'm engaged. So they've got to have some passion. I think with like my close, close inner circle, which is like only maybe like three or four people. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm pretty sure everyone really, really reduced the the people in their mm-hmm. life after 2020. But yeah, I would say like they got to have some good moral. They've got, that's such a boring well, answer. Like a good, good moral background, you know, <laughs> ethics. Uh, but they have to be like, you know, that's like that's like the, the standard, mm-hmm. you know, the human standard. And then I would say that... Um, I would like for them to like they're they're all like very curious. Mm-hmm. They always want to be learning something, mm-hmm. and they're always you know. And then the third one is I appreciate when they're a good listener mm-hmm. because I think in this society we're we're kind of trained to be extroverted and speak up and you know put on a show. That I feel like the listeners are actually quite rare, mm-hmm. and um, and so yeah. That's what I see. <laughs> Are you? Do you consider yourself more introverted or extroverted? I would definitely more introverted. Mm. I don't know. It kind of flips. Like when I took the test in 2019, I was definitely like an ENFJ, mm. and then 2020 INFJ. I took it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so neurotic. I took it again yeah. this year, and I'm an INFJ. Um, yeah. So I think it depends. But either way, I feel like after, like I always have to recharge after being around a big group yeah. of yeah, people, yeah. even if it's completely like fulfilling yeah. you know mm-hmm. i i just have there's like there has to be a moment where i'm just like shut away for like mm-hmm. three days yeah to be energy yeah like yeah. even after this podcast i'm probably gonna like shut away in my, oh, in like, my house right? Right? <laughs> right yeah yeah i got my, my uh, sweatpants ready yeah. like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of your smaller like uh that you know social circles are kind of like reducing over quarantine in that smaller friend group what would you say your role is i don't really know how to answer that because mm-hmm. 
I feel like if I say what role I think I am, then I think I'm just projecting the role that I want in the mm. friends group. That's very um, self-aware, though. Oh, thanks, you know? Say, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so like I went on a hike this morning with uh, one of my best friends, and I was like, they're going to ask me this question. Like, what do you... Yeah. <laughs> like, what what do you role? Yeah. yeah. And so she said that... Uh, so this is what Emily said. So thanks, Em. She said that, like, I'm uh, I'm like the cool mom of the group Aww. because I'm like... I don't, I don't know if I agree with this, but she, she said, like, I'm like... very very nurturing Mm -hmm. but like I'm also very understanding so if you like fuck up or do something kind of like questionable I will still understand and like help you get through it when we used to go out a lot more and someone is feeling sick then I'm like okay like it's okay let's get you some water let's walk it off you know like we're gonna get you a car you know like just making sure that everyone like gets home safe but Mm -hmm. then again like I'm not perfect either maybe I helped her out so that's like her version of what your the role, role is mm-hmm. yeah. but I don't know that's tough I like it's that nice that title. Nice. I like yeah. Cool yeah. <laughs> I don't know I was like I sound kind of <laughs> reckless I like, think <laughs> I can't really I think that the three of us have um also a little bit of that as well like and when we're in large group settings if if someone is like you know um looks like we're always kind of focused on making sure that people are taken care of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. May is AAPI History Month, and HBO Max has created a See Us AAPI in Our Global Community Spotlight page to celebrate. Yes, HBO, so love that they are doing this. The page lives on the platform for subscribers to explore all the amazing AAPI content. HBO Max has a range of AAPI stories that highlight and celebrate the Asian American and Pacific Islander experience, such as Warrior, which Helen has been raving about and I can't wait to check out, Crazy Rich Asians, always love rewatching this one for the beautiful scenes, and Aquafina as Nora from Queens. I'm a big fan of her. Oh, and they also have This Is Life with Lisa Ling, who is a huge inspiration to us at Asian Boss Girl. Lisa Ling, if you're listening, we love you. And if you're into animation, there's Spirited Away, Kiki's Delivery Service, My Neighbor Totoro, and a bunch more from Studio Ghibli. At ABG, we talk about how much we wish we had AAPI faces on our TV screens growing up, and it's so amazing to know that this is happening today. It is so important to celebrate these stories, not just in May, but all year round. You can click our link to check out all the incredible content HBO Max has curated to celebrate this month at hbom.ax slash abgmay. That's m.ax slash abgmay. It'll be linked in the show notes. Visit now and sign up for HBO Max to start streaming everything I mentioned and so much more. When it comes to my hair, there are three things I pay attention to. One, does it have volume? Yes. Two, does it look shiny? Yes. Does it smell good? Only when I use Function Beauty, so yes. With Function Beauty's custom hair care, I make sure I don't neglect the most powerful scents and select the smell that makes my nose tingle with delight. Function Beauty is a world leader in fully customized hair care. They create your unique formula based on a short but thorough quiz to give your hair everything it needs to look and feel its best. I love seeing my customized bottle in the bathroom with my name, Mel, on it. It just makes shower time more special. I totally indulge and want to recreate the experience of a spa, so I selected my scent to match that. I'm currently using their eucalyptus scent, and it just smells divine. So turn your beauty routine into an aromatherapy session like me. Go to functionbeauty.com slash abg to take your quiz and save 20% off your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. That's functionbeauty.com slash abg to let them know you heard about it here and to get 20% off your first order. functionbeauty.com slash abg. This month and every month, Penguin Random House invites readers to uplift AAPI stories and hashtag read Asian authors. From books like Jen Frederick's Heart and Soul to Kathy Park Hong's vital new essay collection, Minor Feelings and Asian American Reckoning, 
to Kevin Kwan's irresistible beach read, Sex and Vanity, to Ocean Vuong's lyrical letter, On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. We're celebrating the stories that make us laugh, cry, and feel seen. Uplift the stories by AAPI authors that you love by sharing them on social media using hashtag ReadAsianAuthors. Throughout the month of May, Penguin Random House is donating 15% of their site profits to Asian Americans Advancing Justice, up to $30,000. Find your next read at penguinrandomhouse.com or go to bit.ly slash readasianauthors. Well, Jen, we know you're in a very, you know, beautiful relationship with your husband, Ben. How would Ben describe you? This what I, I was supposed to ask him this morning, but oh. I forgot. <laughs> I don't know. Um, That's fine. How would you describe him? I would, I would describe him. As, it's so easy to describe like, other, people. other people's yeah. roles. For Ben, he's definitely like my anchor. Mm. Like he's really, especially when I was swinging, yeah. you know, he was always there. And, um, and, and he always, he, he's so like reassuring. He always makes me appreciate what I have at the moment. He's extremely like present and aware. Mm. And he just it reminds me that like life doesn't have to be so freaking serious all the time. That's cute. Yeah. That seems so sweet. sweet. Yeah, he yeah. seems so sweet. So yeah. You got married in 2018? Yes, I did. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you're still fairly a newlywed-ish. It's less guess, than five years. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What is something that you've noticed changed in your relationship with Ben? It's something that you expected and maybe something that you didn't mm. expect. Hmm. This well, is advice I'm just trying to get for oh, really? as an engaged <laughs> woman. I'm just like, yes, what should I expect? I would say that like marriage is definitely a lot of work. Mm. It's uh, but it's it's work that you want to do. Yeah. Um, like Ben and I have this relationship where our sense of trust and connection has just been the deepest I've ever felt in my entire life, and we definitely had to work for it. I feel like as people, we're constantly growing and and evolving as we should. But it's important to be growing in the same direction, especially mm-hmm. if you married that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in our in our marriage, we both had to. I don't want to say compromise, but we both had to work on the things that we really had to. Mm. And for me, that was to stabilize my moods. And that meant to recognize when something wasn't working for me. With like my brain chemistry, I have to make sure that I limit my alcohol intake. Mm-hmm. I have to even limit my caffeine mm-hmm. amount because actually like now that I don't drink coffee, I don't feel as anxious as I once mm-hmm. did. And I'm like, damn, I didn't realize like that even that was affecting me. Mm-hmm. I always like prided myself in like, I'm a tank. I could handle anything. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, you, yeah. you, you couldn't. Yeah. Um, it's best that my life just kind of slowed down. And mm-hmm. so by me stabilizing my mood, by meditating and, and, and doing the work, it's 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 helped our relationship so much and for Ben's side he's been refining his drive and his discipline mm-hmm. and i see him changing too it, yeah. and the thing is this takes a process of like years yeah. mm-hmm. but the thing is like once you both start seeing the change from each other mm-hmm. it inspires you to do even better mm-hmm. so it's almost like now we're on this like we're on a bullet train before it was kind of like oh let's get the cogs yeah. working yeah. like we got to address these things but now it's like we're on a bullet train yeah. on the way to just like a happy marriage and it's so freaking nice i don't know i i never i never thought that i would be like the married type i thought mm-hmm. like growing up i was like you know what i'll probably get married when i'm like 40 maybe Mm -hmm. and then and even then like maybe it'll be an open relationship who knows but with ben i just 
there's no one else I want to be with. Mm. Like, he is my forever person and I want to make it work. Yeah. And oh. I think it's important for for that intention to be there. Yeah. Because if you think like, oh, I don't know about this, like, then it's just not going to work. Like, mm. you both have to believe in the relationship for it to work. Yeah. Did you guys start doing the work before you got married or like in the beginning? Um, I would say in the beginning, it was just me working on myself yeah. because mm. I just had a... I feel like my emotions were just kind of all over the yeah. place. But we started couples therapy in 2019. Because mm. that was when we were just kind of like, uh, we, we were growing, but it was starting to be a little fragmented. Yeah, yeah. So then couples therapy just kind of aligned oh, us together. Mm. We structured everything out. Our couples therapist is freaking amazing. We love you, Suzanne. She's not listening to this. <laughs> but she changed our our, yeah. our whole relationship. Okay, wow. that's great. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's so necessary too. And I think it's so important. Like even Philip and I were like, let's go to couples therapy. I'm going to mm. hit you up for your person, Suzanne. Honestly, I think it's it's worth going to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing so deeply about your relationship and about your like personal like childhood memories and upbringing. Now we're going to talk about your career. So we're going to go into a new direction. Um, so for many people watching, they must know that Jen is a social media personality or so many other things. But, um, you know, I think that when a lot of people see you on screen, they would probably assume that you have like the perfect job right? You have so many followers, you have your own business, maybe multiple businesses, and you've accomplished so much at such a young age. Mm. Uh, but we all know that careers and jobs all have their, you know, positives and their negatives. Uh, would you mind sharing with us, like, what is, what is one thing that you feel that you struggle with with your career? Do you feel a sense that is, like, maybe the hardest part mm. that people don't see? Well, okay, I just, I just have to preface this because, like, I truly do agree that I have the best job hmm. in the world. Like, I wake up and I truly love what I do. I'm so fucking lucky. Mm -hmm. And it's a situation where, like, I didn't feel this way until uh, July 2020. I feel like oh, that wow. was just, like, a standout month for me where things just changed. Like, my whole mindset just changed. Where I felt like I was looking at my life. It, it was like I was working, I was working, I was working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then July 2020 happened and I looked up and mm -hmm. I was like, wait what the heck? Like, this is my life. Like, I get to do this. Mm. I get to live here. Like, um, it's just, it is very transformative for me. I yeah. feel like my viewers know what happened in July 2020. You guys get it. I also feel kind of strange talking about it. The summer of 2020, I read this book called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. Oh, it's yeah. basically, yeah, uh, it's basically about how psychedelics can treat depression, anxiety, mm. all types of like negative patterns of thought, mm -hmm. it can really help with that. It's not going to be like a complete band-aid over everything, mm -hmm. but it was an extremely powerful tool for me to just kind of break through. I get yeah. really emotional talking about it because like it really did change my life. I almost feel like it's, it's, uh, it's a bit, oh, no, I'm okay with the tissue. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's so nice. Just in case. Yeah. Oh, thanks. We'll just put it here. And the tissue box magically yeah. appears. I know, right? <laughs> um, I feel like it's still such an incredibly taboo topic. Mm -hmm. But I think with, with reading that book, understanding, like, the history of it, the origins, how how beneficial it was to so many different types of tribes mm. and, and societies. And even like in the 1950s, when they were starting, when scientists were like studying the like psychedelics and psilocybin, 
they were regarding it as like a miracle drug being mm. like oh my gosh like this is helping people with addiction mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh anxiety and ptsd mm -hmm. and then obviously like the 60s happened and and then it just got carried away mm -hmm. because got you know, a really bad reputation misused abused mm -hmm. yeah. exactly and then once there were bad trips because people weren't using it intentionally mm -hmm. then of course it got completely ruled out but now it's so exciting to see that some of that is changing yeah. and that there's a lot of medical studies that are opening and yeah. it's being studied again. I don't know. So after reading that book, I, I felt like I had the right tools. I had a mindset going mm. into it. I had an intention going into this trip. And uh, it just completely blew my mind. I felt like it felt like I had like woken up. Mm. And I think... Um, and yeah, and so it, I even looked at like, I looked at Ben and I was like, how lucky am I to have you? I looked at Aww. Cheeky and I was like, you are so beautiful. You're like this precious creature. And then obviously I looked at my job being like, I can't believe I get to do this. Like every day I get to wake up and decide like what kind of video I want to make. Like mm -hmm. what, like, I, like when am I going to wake up from this dream? Mm -hmm. So I think that gratitude has mm -hmm. stayed with me since July of 2020. So if this is not something that you're, you're popping every weekend, right. like it could be something that's 25 times more effective than talk therapy, which is mm -hmm. also everything that I learned from that book, mm -hmm. How to Change Your Mind by Michael <gasps> Pollan. So I love yeah, that it's like that. rooted in gratitude though. So yeah. it's mm -hmm. like no matter how you got there, what changed for you was a shift in your perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's helped you kind of like look at your job and even though you acknowledge there's challenging parts of it, you're like, just I'm just so grateful to have those challenges. Exactly. So, yeah. so I, I feel like sometimes, like, so if you had if you had asked me this question two years ago, I, my answer would have been like, oh, I always feel like I'm on eggshells. Mm. I feel like I'm saying the wrong thing. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like I still am afraid of saying the wrong thing, mm -hmm. which is why even explaining my transformative ex experience is scary because yeah. I'm afraid that, I'm afraid of what people will think mm. because they're like, oh, she's promoting yeah. psychedelics, you know, yeah. like she's the devil. Um, so, <laughs> no but, one better be it, saying that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, but honestly, I'm at a point where I'm just like, if you're going to feel that way, then it's fine. Like yeah. I can't control all these opinions about me. Yeah. And it's also like if, if, if my core circle has no problem with me, then we're freaking good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone else's opinion, I'm sorry, like mm. it just doesn't matter. We're not yeah. supposed to have thousands and thousands of opinions about our, yes. ourselves. Mm. And obviously, like, I mean, I still want to try and like not offend anyone, but I think that's where like my doubt and mm. like, you yeah. know, that then it starts to swing that way. Yeah. So like, it, it's, it's like, mm. a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird medium. But of course, I want to do a disclaimer. This is just something that transform my life. I can only talk about my experience. I'm not condoning this. So if you are interested in this, please talk to a professional, read the book, uh, do your research. This is not something that you want to do without care mm -hmm. and intention. Thank you for sharing that. I know that was a very vulnerable thing to share, especially if there's a stigma around it. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact that it was very transformative to you and you've done a lot of talk therapy to the point where you're like, I'm still not getting this breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And you've done the research and you did it in a safe way. I think a lot of people out there can benefit from hearing this too, because maybe that's yeah. the solution they've been looking for. And mm -hmm. it just, yeah, maybe it'll, it'll quicken them too. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And if nothing else, it's like you got there through your method, but whatever they need to, you give the compass of focus on gratitude. So mm -hmm. however, whatever your tool mm -hmm. is to get to that place, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those. Thank you. <laughs> so Jen, I think a lot of your followers know that, you know, Jen M, you're also a brand. Your brand is essentially you. How do you separate Jen M, the brand versus Jen M, the individual? That's also very hard. I feel like... That's a good-ass question. <laughs> I know. Either we're really getting to the nitty-gritty here. Again, I feel like uh, the brand Gen M is, 
I guess that's like who I portray online. Mm -hmm. But it's it's hard because I feel like this has been the most authentic I've been mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. And this is like also the most I've shared mm -hmm. about myself online. Yeah. Uh, I think like back in the day, my brand was, I don't even know what my brand is, to be honest. I actually don't know how to answer this question. I feel like this question is hard because I've always just been myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when... We're talking about like Jenim the brand. Like it's essentially you, though, right? Exactly. Yeah, so I'm yeah. just, it, it, it's 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 weird because I'm like peering at myself as a product, mm -hmm. which I think is very strange, uh, because I can only just be myself. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I ask like my manager this question, mm -hmm. she's like, "Oh, well, Jenim brand is this, yeah. you know." Mm -hmm. But I think like I just need to focus on what I do, which yeah. is just yeah being yourself. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know. It's weird. No, no, it's totally yeah. it's understandable. I think you know why people are so drawn to your videos and your channel and you as a person is like you're so authentic and you're so Aww. real that your content everyone relates to you but I think for me when I think about this question is like of course you gotta all keep things private for you and Ben and yourself mm -hmm. so probably there are things that you protect probably oh okay wait yeah, I, yeah okay I get it okay I, I think but instead of calling it like genuine the brand but just like what I choose to share mm -hmm. online mm -hmm. I think there is like a there is a distinction there mm -hmm. because there's obviously we all have like different faces mm -hmm. and, and facets in ourselves and I would say like but I would say like there's a lot of stuff that I keep to myself as well because mm -hmm. some things aren't meant to be shared until you're ready to yeah. so I would say like for the content that I do and the stories that I do share about myself online First of all, they have to be something that I've already come to terms with. Mm -hmm. If I'm working, if I'm like like mewling over like a big decision, or if something really big happened to me and I'm still processing it, mm -hmm. I'm still processing that. Then I'm not going to share that on my mm -hmm. YouTube channel because at that point, I really just need to dig deeper in myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe talk to like my close close friends and figure it out. And once I'm done then I can not package, package it. it. You know, package I know, but that it, sounds yeah. weird too. But, yeah. but basically, like, I, I, I will just use it yeah. for simplicity. Yeah. yeah, I can package it into a way that um, makes sense to mm -hmm. my viewers. Yeah. One, of, one of the standards that I have about what I share online is, what would my parents feel mm. if they're watching this? Oof, we don't yeah. think about that question, do we, ladies? No? <laughs> I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good yeah, way that's to a good... approach it, though. That yeah, is a good yeah. way to approach it. But I think you do such a good job mm -hmm. with that. Like, the, the reason why this is, like, a hard question for you is because you're so able to, like, your brand is you. But I think that's that's why it's such a difficult question. Yeah. Because yeah. you're yeah. not deliberate. Yeah. You're not strategizing, oh, what should my brand yeah. be? Right? Yeah. 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 So I feel like... Natural. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like it's easier when you have something to stand behind by, like yeah. like ABG. Like, mm -hmm. there, it's, it's, a, it's a brand. Yeah. You, there's three of you guys. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's a clear uh, vision. But then when it's just you, it almost feels like, whoa, like, yeah. who? It, fe mm -hmm. it feels just, like disjointed, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's why I feel like I can never say, like, Jenim the brand without, like, yeah. cringing. <laughs> like, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. Uh -huh. it's, but honestly, it's it's a very strange position mm. yeah. yeah i don't i i think I, I think we're all kind of struggling how to categorize this mm. yeah, yeah. yeah that's true yeah Oof. and you're yeah. like one of the first people to really like do this too mm -hmm. so you're kind of like your own pioneer in yeah. this space Aww. which is kind of yeah. it's it's a lot of work it's a lot yeah to take on too so, but you're doing an amazing job. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Amazing. So this is the last question before we move into a little fire round. Yeah. Um, now that you are 30, mm -hmm. yes, you're 30 now. Everyone here is in their 30s. Hello. Hello. Let's go. 30 club. Yes. <laughs> You've accomplished so much in your life as a serial entrepreneur and doing so many amazing things, especially for like the Asian community too. Mm -hmm. 
What is Jen M's mission and life purpose? I know this is like a super foofy question. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> what is your purpose now in your 30s with what you're doing, and how does that compare to when you were in your 20s?、Mm. I think right now my purpose in life is just to find peace. I feel like it's a very Try answer like、mm. I just want to find peace, but it's really、mm-hmm. contentment. Yeah, yeah, because like when you're feeling peace, it's I feel like happiness is easy to stack on that. Yeah. yeah. No matter what situation I go through, I want to be able to be aware in that situation, be calm, and also find peace with whatever happens. Because I do realize, although life is short.、Mm-hmm. It also can feel long and expansive as、yeah. well. I would say, like my purpose in life here is, I guess, so far it's just to like kind of share what I've learned. It's really all I all I have at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah.、Um, and I could I can only hope that I can inspire people to just dig deeper、mm-hmm. into into themselves and understand that like you do have the power to become whoever you want to be.、Mm-hmm. I have a peace quote and the happiness being stacked on. I said yeah, it not as nicely as you, but I was like, that's a really That's a tweetable moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. All right, we're gonna end this segment with Jen with a lightning round. So the, be fast. I'm gonna start us off. Okay, Jen, what is your most used emoji? Oh,、uh, the crying one, the like the watery eyes, the <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> Cute. What's something that recently happened that brought you joy? Oh,、um, I I made I made a really good veggie omelet this morning. Ooh, you know,、okay. it's delicious. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Next question: When was the last time you cried? Oh, I guess 15 minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> right here. <laughs> when I started watering up, and then you guys brought this. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you love more, Cheeky or Ben? Oh, that's tough. Oh, well, Ben. Okay. I'm, I'm fair to Cheeky. I know. <laughs> But Cheeky won't get offended. <laughs> What is a fond memory you have of your brother? Oh, oh, oh my gosh! Okay, so、uh, let me make this answer short. So basically, me and my brother, one time we were we we drove back to our like childhood mall, which is the、oh. Pleasant Hills Mall. This was maybe like two years ago, and our mall, that mall, used to be the place where we would all just hang out, and and now it's like literally a wasteland, not a wasteland,、oh, but there's、yeah. nothing there anymore.、Mm. Like all the stores are are selling those weird like. You know those like little cartoon figures with the big eyes and the the head. They call like Mebojis or something. No, you know what I'm talking about. No, it's like basically like they have one in every like they have like the Game of Thrones Mebojis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like the Office Mebojis yeah, yeah. or whatever. Basically, every store just sells those. And so we went to like this knife store and like. We were just looking at. I mean, we weren't in the market for a knife, but we we're just like, I can't believe like Anchor Blue used to be here, and now it's a knife、mm, store. Yeah. So we were looking at the knife store and like dying, and we saw like this ta- taser cane,、uh, <laughs> and the taser cane was only like. Like a hundred bucks. It's like a cane, but also a taser. Oh my gosh! And so wait, that's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. we're just like, should we buy this?、So、yeah, I was、yeah. gonna buy it for his birthday, for his like his, his last birthday, but I forgot. So. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> that was. <laughs> that's such a cute memory. I know.、Aww. Yeah, that's good. If you could have a big plate of any type of food in front of you, what would that food item be? <laughs> oh, uh, probably right now chow mein is coming to、Ooh. me right now. Ooh,、like, yes. Sounds really good. You're in the right area for it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> name your most eligible bachelor friend. Oh, my friend Andy. He's still single, y'all. Noted.、Uh, <laughs> responsible, life of the party. Oh.、Uh, charismatic. Um, Mel asked this question for personal reasons. Oh. <laughs> on the list. I was just curious. Anyways, rapid fire. Blind date. What video are you most proud of on your channel? Uh, what I learned in my twenties. Oof. Oh、mm. yeah. That's good. 
And last question to close this out, what is a project you're working on in this coming year that you're very excited about and how can the ABG community support you? Oh, um, honestly, don't have any upcoming projects. Um, and uh, you guys are just supporting already by watching and listening to this. Love that. Yes. Just continue doing as you are every day and just support on the daily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Jen, for joining us on this episode. We appreciate you being so vulnerable with us and sharing your, you know, history with your family, being vulnerable. Like, and also it was nice to feel like, you know, we had a therapy session with you. Yeah, yeah. truly. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Um, where can I listeners find you? They can find me on YouTube. Just type in my name, Jen M. Find me on Instagram. Just I'm Jen M. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't, I tweet very rarely, but you could also follow me on there. On Facebook, I'm Jen M. All streamlined. Oh, you guys can join my book club too. Ooh, uh, Curl Up Club. If you guys would like to join, that's uh, I guess that's the new project that I'm yeah. really excited about. It's growing, huh? It's growing, yeah. yeah. Community. Uh -huh. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash slash support or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonate with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. If you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called GRBG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is Asian Boss Girl. Today, we have a bunch of shoutouts that came in from Kelly to Emily in LA. Happy 22nd birthday and congrats on starting pharmacy school this fall. To Catherine in Toronto, your friend Megan wishes you the best of luck in working towards a major milestone in life. And happy birthday to Johnson from your friend Winsley in New York. And happy birthday to Vivian from your friend Kelly in New York as well. And congrats to Pamela Price, Filipino-American ninja warrior athlete, for taking home the Wipeout finalist title on TBS. And lastly, from Carly June to the road chapter of Delta Phi Lambda Sorority, she says you are all strong, driven, and intelligent ladies that inspire her every day. And she is proud to be part of such an amazing sisterhood. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree and our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all of her magic on our episodes, including this one. Well, thank you so much, Jen. And with that, we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye! Bye.